I suffer, I don't like it, I'm uncomfortable, I don't like it. So my mind starts to get weak and we start to forget about how badass we are. This is about self-talk. When it's suffering, when it's in pain, all it wants to do is find the easy way out, which is usually quit. If you quit, the pain goes away immediately. You gotta give yourself enough energy and fuel in your mind to stay just a little bit longer so you can talk yourself into staying for the whole thing. And this is how it works. So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all wanna create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we wanna do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited for you to listen to this interview. I got super fascinated with this guy, David Goggins, about two and a half, three years ago. Uh, I was exposed to an interview he did with Tom Bilyeu, and it blew my socks off. There, you know, there's just certain times in life when you're ready for a message, and at that time in my life, I was ready for the next level of discipline. I needed a path to understand that if you really want to grow, you got to suffer at times. You got to go through pain. And as you get to know David Goggins, uh, he just personifies that. His ability to, to confront his fears and take them on and work through both physical and mental stressors that would stop the, the above average human, forget the you know extraordinary. I mean, like he, you know, he just didn't stop. And I think the gift of this interview, the message inside this interview that I have with them is my hope is that you don't stop, that you find in yourself the extra energy, the extra ability to move beyond, you know, the struggles and the hardships and the challenges that are perceived that you face. And you find in yourself that inner strength, that inner power uh, to become what you're truly capable of. And if you listen to the very last question that I asked him in the interview, it'll really wrap it up for you. So enjoy this time getting to know David Goggins. First and foremost, what's up everybody? I gotta give you a little public service announcement. If you're watching this uh, at your office with your children, uh, this man curses like a sailor. He said he could hold it back. I said, please don't, just be you. Um, so, with all that said, if you're watching this later, keep your headset on or just kind of be, have some situational awareness, right? right? Yes, all right, so, uh, so here's the deal. It's Coach Tom Ferry in the house with the man, the legend, arguably the toughest man I've ever met, one of the most mentally tough human beings I've ever been exposed to. So if you're watching this video right now and you've ever dealt with rejection, heartache, pain, suffering, upset, worry, failure, doubt, I'm not saying you're gonna be healed and get over it, no. but we're gonna get really damn close in the next 45 minutes. So first and foremost, David, thank you, man. Appreciate it, brother. So I know you're in the midst of this insane tour right now, promoting your book. Um, so maybe just, maybe share with the people that are watching, first of all, why'd you, why'd you write this thing? Like what's it, I know what it's about, but right. why'd you write it? You know what, there's, there's several reasons why I wrote the book. Um, I never knew that. So when I first started this journey, I had no idea that it would end up with me writing a book. Really? No idea. Okay. I, I didn't set out to make money. I didn't set out for any kind of fame, fortune, none of this. Yes. This is just, just happened to happen. Yeah. You know, I set out just to change who I was. Yeah. You know, just to reflect in the mirror, man. So along this journey, I started realizing that a lot of us have a lot of issues. Yes. A lot of problems. Mm -hmm. But those problems that we have, we don't talk about. We don't want anybody knowing about. We're ashamed of. Mm -hmm. So we, Get them, put them in a nice big trunk, put them up in the storage compartment of our house, up in a daggone attic. Yeah. That's where it's at, that's where it stays. And that's how they live their lives. But you never get better. No. Whenever hard times come up, you always wonder why you can't ever get over the hurdle. Mm -hmm. Why can't I get better? Why can't I get better? Why well, I'm always here. Yeah. I feel like I'm doing good, I feel like I'm doing good, but all you're doing is you're fixing the surface layer of crap. Yeah. And the surface doesn't fix anything. You gotta go get that fucking trunk, put it down, and start you know, going through it and fixing all that crap in it. That's why I wrote the book, because most people think 
man, the trunk's in your head. That's right. Right? Oh, yeah. The trunk ain't in your attic. Oh, no. It's the all, trunk's I mean, here. You're, you're saying this, and this I'm like, this trunk. is a great metaphor. No, this is the fucking yeah, yeah, trunk yeah. right here. Yes, yes. So we like to put that shit away. You know, people hurt my feelings. My yep. dad, my mom, yeah, society. My school, this, life, that. my grades, my paycheck, That's my right. boss, the man, whatever. I was a part of that also. Yep. So why the book had to be written, and I don't care if I sell a copy of it, and that's not the case now. We did really, we're doing really well. But um, the thing about it is people put a title on me. They put a big, yeah. so they see the David Goggins of today. Yeah. The David Goggins of today is some guy who's considered the world's toughest man, yep. blah, 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 blah. And people are like, I want that. I want that. But they don't know what you went through, no. which is what we're going to get into today. Right. So what, I, so what I did was a lot of people think they can't get this. Because yeah. once they put a title on somebody, yeah. it becomes unreachable for everybody else because I'm Superman. Yeah. This book lets you know that I'm the furthest thing from Superman. Yeah. And that's why I did it. It's, it is a very raw, real version of the hell I went through growing up as a kid and all the pitfalls. And so this isn't like a story that, you know, you had that, you know, all those stories, you had this thing, you get on this one hurdle and then you're successful. Yeah. No. It's the hero's journey, right? There's no hero's from journey. From breakdown to breakthrough. This no, no. is like, this is suffer, 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 break suffer, down, suffer. Break down, break down some more. Yeah. Suffer, 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 yeah. suffer. Oh, I made it. Fucking suffer some more, suffer some more, suffer some more. Yeah. So this book isn't like some nice, clean story where the guy just, he just, triumphs over the one tragedy in his life and he makes it. it no. And he writes a book about it. No, this yeah. is a uh, real life. Okay, so I'm gonna go on record to say right now, guys, we're gonna do a little promotion today for David's book. And, you know, so I just literally texted him like this morning with Jennifer. I'm like, we gotta do this. Um, but I'm gonna tell you, don't buy the book. I'm gonna tell him, get the audio. Because mm. the audio, before we get into his backstory, which you gotta hear. We sold 20,000 audios just yesterday. <laughs> I'm not shocked by it. I think, you know, like if, if you just could buy yesterday. more, it would have been me, it's right? Unbelievable. The audio, and we'll get into the why, but I'm just gonna tell you guys right now, so if you're online right now and you go to amazon.com or wherever you shop and you buy the book, right, can't hurt me, um, get a physical copy of the book because you're gonna want it, but get the audio because, dude, the audio of you and Adam riff, it's like, what would you call it? It's the podcast slash audio book slash radio, radio program. Show. That's right. Right? And they're just, you guys are just, he would read a part of the book and then he'd stop and go, David, really? Like, what yeah. was this all about? So, so I'm just telling you, but let's, for the person that's watching right now that doesn't know who you are, right. let's give him a little backstory. I mean, I, I actually wrote down. Okay. Because I probably am my son who's over there, Stephen, who uh, watched the same interview and then obviously met you two years ago at the summit. I probably watched that one interview, as I told you, a hundred times. Right. Right? And I thought I knew you. I thought I understood your story. The surface story. Right? <laughs> I, I, I right. got the story that you were willing to share. Right. In this book, you were so authentic, so revealing, understanding your psyche, your, uh, understanding your dad what happened with your brother, right. what happened with his daughter. I mean, it's just, right. I was, I felt so much more connected to you, right. but what it also did, even this morning in the gym, I was like, you got more, man, you, don't, yes. don't quit now. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, get, at, get after it. And right. I was already done with my workout, and I'm right. listening, and I'm going, yeah. Like, so, I wrote down, growing up, right? You and your mom and your brother, Indiana, right. early rejection, even before you get to the military and running and, and everything right. else you did, right. take them back to the beginning so they get some context of why, you know, I'm so stoked you're here. So um, I won't give you all of it because we'll be here for a while, but basically my dad was an alcoholic. He owned some skating rinks and bars. And at a very young age, we started working these bars and skating rinks. Yeah. So my dad wasn't big into going to school. He was, uh, he was big into making money. He was big into being famous, being popular, being the yeah. guy in Buffalo. Yeah. And he had two sides to him. He had the side that everybody knew mm -hmm. outside of the house. And once those doors shut and locked, that was the guy that no one knew. Yeah. He was a very abusive guy, mentally and physically. But the thing about it, though, is you can beat me all day long. Mm -hmm. The things I started realizing as I got older was it was the mental, it was a psychological warfare mm -hmm. that he played with a young kid's mind. So when you're young, your mind's like a sponge. Yeah. And when your dad's telling you, all these things about who you're not, you grow up to be this, you grow up to be that, you're not this, you're not that. That's who you become. And reinforcing it with some with serious belt. physical belt. Yes, yeah, seriously physical. So when this is happening on a daily basis, because this guy's an alcoholic and he's insecure about his own life and what's going on. Yeah. That, that, so that was my foundation in Buffalo until I was about eight years old. Yeah. 
had a learning disability, stutters, stuttered really bad, white splotches on my skin, hair falling out. So then we moved to a small town called Brazil, Indiana. In this town, not everybody was bad, but at that time in my life, they were. Yeah. Because there was only like five to 10 black families. Mm-hmm. The Klan wasn't too far away. It was in you know, a, a town called Center Point. I have a great picture in the book. Yeah. It was a town in Center Point where they're you know, burning crosses and doing their little thing out there. And I got called nigger a lot. So when you have a bad foundation, yeah. learn disability, all you want to do is hide out. Mm-hmm. So I created this other person who was a fake person. The, the real me was afraid of fucking everything. Yep. So, that's what, so that was my foundation growing up. And you're being so light. I'm telling you guys. Oh, very light. The audio version, like I, the first three, four chapters, I had to listen to it again. Right. To really, uh, you were so, again, I use the word revealing. You were so authentic mm-hmm. with these stories. And then Adam, your, you know, your co-author saying, whoa, man, like right. reading that was hard. So I had, to, I had to literally, so we get scarred. And the thing about it is like if you were in, a, in the kitchen and you're cutting up cucumbers, yep. you cut your finger. It happened 30 years ago. That scar is still there. They say, what happened to your finger? Yep. Guess what you do? I was in the kitchen one day, I was cutting up cucumbers, you know, cut my finger. Yep. You have those scars on your fucking brain yeah. from life. Yep. But what we don't do is we try to hide those scars. We don't want to go back and revisit it. Mm-hmm. This, it's not as simple as a cucumber, you know, you know cutting a cucumber. Mm-hmm. So I started realizing that my life was causing a whole bunch of scarring on my brain. And I had to go back, while I wrote this book, I had to go back and really break open that scar and let it bleed. Mm-hmm. And that was a very painful journey for me to go back. Cause you know, like, right now this is all surface. Learn disability, call me nigger. It's, it's, it's all surface. I sad, get deep sad into that it a lot of people have dealt yes. with that stuff. Yeah, very right? sad. Yeah. But the way I talk about in the book, I'm, I'm getting your hand yeah. and I'm taking you back there with me. Yeah. As that kid in that classroom who opens up his Spanish notebook, I'm sitting in the back, because I had a fourth grade reading level. I'm in the back, I open my Spanish notebook. On the first page, they had a hangman drawing of me saying, nigga, we're gonna kill you. Very back, I'm a sophomore in high school, nothing but white people. I shut that thing up and I leave class. I described that in very good detail. I mean, I going take to the you principal's back. office. Yes. I remember. I mean, as you're going there, I was actually thinking of even finding the first teacher when you got to Brazil, right? Who Sister was Catherine. just who said, "I got you." That's right. Right, and what that means to have someone say, "I got you," and then understood where you're at and started working with you, and then you get moved up a grade, and the next teacher's like, "This is D. You're out." Right. So you're a problem child. We need him out of the school. It's a true statement. But the thing about Sister Catherine was she wasn't nice. That's when I started realizing that you have to be careful. The, the, the tone in someone talks to you, there could be love in a very nasty tone. Yeah. She was a very nasty woman, yeah. but she cared about all of us. Yeah. So that's where my mind started realizing, man, never judge a book by its cover. You know, she was just a, a hardcore nun, yeah. and that went from there to, uh, to, to this more, more, you know, more pitfalls. So a lot of people know, and it's certainly, you know, when you, when you spoke at the summit, you shared a lot of stories uh, of being, you know, one of the only people to go through Navy SEAL training three times, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Bud specifically, right? Three times and Hell Week three times. Mm-hmm. And then also you moved on and you did uh, the Air Force Tactical, then Army Ranger training. Right. Like, and a lot of people would say, dude, what are you insane? Like, right. do you just, do you, like, did your early childhood teach you to love the beatdown? Right. Right, like, so like maybe share with, the, like first of all, give them a little insight on what that meant for you to just go through all that, because those parts of the chapters also were insane. Right. Right, so, the detail. I'm the only person in the history of the military who has ever gone through Air Force um, um, Tactical Air Control Party training, um, Army Ranger School, where I was an Army man, um, in three hell weeks. Yeah. So only person to ever do that. But the reason why I did it was, when I was a young kid, I considered myself very weak very weak, and as I started developing this indestructible mental toolbox, because what I realized was the things I was most afraid of, I cowered from. Mm -hmm. I had to start facing these things and becoming an expert at the things I feared the most. I was afraid of my own mind. My mind would get off on these crazy places of woe is me. Mm -hmm. My, My internal conversation wasn't great. Yeah. So I had to start mastering it. 
once I started mastering it in the horrible place I was at, I was literally, I considered myself the worst person ever alive. That was my conversation. But once I started mastering my own life, I started realizing, my God, man, this was in me? Yeah. I was a 300 pound fat guy. Now I'm 181 pounds, 190 pounds, whatever it was. I'm gonna go through all these hell weeks. Mm-hmm. So I started realizing the capabilities of the human soul and the human mind. Yeah. So I started to examine it more and more. So we have a theorist and we have a practitioner. Mm-hmm. The theorist is a person that's gonna sit back and read books mm-hmm. from a library that somebody else wrote. They become real smart about what someone else wrote, okay? A practitioner as a man is me. I put myself in hell, lived in it for a long time, and figured out how the human mind works while being, while suffering, while in pain, while yes. misery, yes. and that's how I wrote my book. Yeah. I want to tell you exactly what your mind is thinking. Most of us don't stay in hell long enough to write the book. Yeah. I stayed in long enough to write it and finish the book. Okay, so I just gotta say, for you watching right now, I want you to think about what David just said. Like a lot of our clients right now, and this is actually one of the questions I wanna ask you is, a lot of our clients are dealing with a changing market, a changing right. real estate environment, right? And there's people that are watching this, they're entrepreneurs and salespeople and teenagers, but, but you know, their world is changing. Right. I remember the first time I met you, you were saying, I had to look in the mirror and say, Okay, not that smart, roger that, I can do something about it, right? right? Get educated, right? I'm not as physically strong as I wanna be. Okay, I can do something about that. Like, you have this mindset of like, weakness, go out and solve it. Go put yourself in that. Right. Could you just speak to the guys that are in the gals that are watching this right now that are, they're afraid to make phone calls. Right. Like, they make phone calls, someone says yes, they make $10,000. Right. You with me? And they, they are candy asses and afraid it. to do it. So I call it, in my book here, it's called the accountability mirror, but it's called raw accountability yeah not just accountability where we find that nice happy word yeah. if you're fat and you look in the mirror and you say wow i eat a little too much no you're fucking fat my exoskeleton is larger than yours right no <laughs> that's the new one right yeah that's i mean you you cannot say that to yourself <laughs> no but see you have to make a list yeah. of the things that you don't like to do mm-hmm. this list should be very long like if you don't like making calls yeah yep the very first thing you should do and start making a shit ton of fucking calls. Yep. Because why? That begins to own you. Yes. You start to drive yourself this way versus this way. Yes. It, but you'll figure out, if you start making a whole bunch of fucking calls, if you like calling, call a lot. Yeah. Guess what happens? You get over it. You get over it. So what we do a lot is, I, I heard a lot of people say, triple down on this, triple down on mostly your strength. Yeah. No, 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 no. That works for a lot of things, but when you're afraid, and you don't have the courage, mm-hmm. you have to triple down on your weaknesses yeah. and make that become where you start to guide yourself. Okay, I don't like calling. Today I'm making 100 calls. Yeah. I'm gonna dial 100 times. Say that one more time. Everybody talks about triple down on your strengths, right? right? Play to your strengths. There's right. a million books on that. Yes. And, and the way I heard it was like, like what you fear is right. gonna own you more than the power of your strengths, so you gotta attack, I mean, am I getting yeah, that the right way? true, so I, I have my book here, but what happens is, when I was younger, life and society made this big world with all these endless fucking possibilities, yep. endless possibilities. My life made my possibilities this fucking big. Yep. Because it made me afraid of all these different things. Yeah. So. All this stuff trapped my mind, it shackled my brain, it made me a prisoner within my own self, saying, Mm -hmm. this is all I can do. Because why? I'm afraid of this, I'm insecure over here, I got self-doubt over here, back behind me, good Lord, who knows what's behind me? I'm like, look behind me. So your life is this big. Versus it being like, I can do all this shit out here if I start to break down these these, these, these different walls and barriers. And that's what I started realizing. I could become a Navy SEAL. I could become this, but I was afraid of the water. Think about this. I know. Why the fuck are you gonna go be a Navy SEAL when all you do is play in the water? Yeah. For And we don't play, we're in it and we're living in it. You're tying the ocean. you're swimming for miles. That's right, the ocean is unforgiving. Yep. Yeah. So my yeah, mind yeah. is, I'm gonna go be a Navy SEAL. Yeah. If I didn't face that fear, no one would ever know me. I was number three behind Michelle Obama for a long time until my book sold out. Yeah. And I was a guy just 21 years ago yep. who was 300 pounds, could barely read and write, mm-hmm. 
And now I have a book just two spots behind Michelle Obama. Yeah. Hopefully we, hopefully we get it above today. Right. Just because I was afraid. Yeah. But you overcome those fears, guess what happens? The whole world, you unlock this door and everything opens back up again. You, you said, and I, I want to say it was one of the first times we met, we were sitting backstage at the summit and you were yep. in the face of my son. Yes. Like, you were like, look man, when I was a Navy SEAL, like, you had to kick down doors and you knew there could be people on the other end of that door with a gun or like, and if you weren't willing to do that, like, you're in the wrong game. That's right. Like that, that sort of metaphor for life, there's so many people that are just afraid of the other side of the door so they just look the other direction. Right. So I wanna, I, I actually wrote this down for you. I actually said, in my mind, one of the things that makes you just a genius, and I don't use that word lightly, right? right. I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of intelligence. You are a genius, in my opinion. You took what could have been the most tragic story mm -hmm. and reforged it into one of the most extraordinary identities. Like right. what you believe about yourself, how you view yourself, and how you act. Mm -hmm. Somebody's watching this right now, David, and they identify themselves as a fat person, mm -hmm. as a lazy person mm -hmm. who doesn't follow through. Yep. What advice do you have for that person to reshape their identity? So that person was me. Everything you just mentioned was me. I mean, $1,000 a month, 300 pounds, just, I can't do any of this stuff. Yeah. These people are better than me. Yeah. So the first thing is, that's the first big problem right there. Mm -hmm. First big problem is that you have put a lot of people above you. Yeah. Put no one above you. Yeah. No one. Whatever you, but if, if, if you believe in something. Say that again. Say that again. Because that's, you know, but you know, but the, the man, the people that make more money, the people that are better looking, the ones that are on social media and they're so good at this. I put God above me. Besides that, there's no one better than me. Got it. You have to become an equal. Yeah. So this is how I look at it. If you're playing, and I talked about it at your conference, if you're playing Roger Federer, yeah. okay, be, be, before you get on the court with Roger Federer, he's the best of all time, yeah. but you're also a professional tennis player, yeah. man. Yep. You're forgetting your own fucking resume. Yep. So once you get on the court, let's say it's a grand slam. Mm -hmm. It's five sets, hopefully, yep. if you can go the distance with this yep. guy. Yep. But before you even bounce the ball to serve it, you're down two sets. Because why? You look across and you're playing fucking Roger Federer. Yeah. But guess what? You hit a good shot on Roger Federer in the third set. And you realize, I can play with this motherfucker. But it's too late. Yeah. You gave up two sets before you got on the court. You got to stop giving up two fucking sets before the game begins. Yeah. And we do that already. We give up two sets before the game begins. So I learned that real quick. I saw these Navy SEALs. Before I became one, my God, they're better than me. Yep. They're better than me. I gave up 100 sets. And I had to work up to realize these are human beings. Yeah. With the same shit I have. Yeah, there's some people who run faster, swim better, but mentality is mentality. Yeah. There's no, I, you're not gonna outwork me, mm -hmm. so I'm gonna catch up somewhere. Yep. So that being said, I used all that 300 pound man, that fat guy, that dumb guy. People say, why do you say dumb? You have to be real yep. with you your be fucking raw. self. You gotta be raw. If you're not smart, you're yep. fucking dumb, yep. but you can become smart. Yep. You can become smart. It's not a permanent tag. Yeah. You're dumb forever. Yeah. You're fat forever. Yep. No, be raw. Don't find the cushy word. So what I did with all this stuff is I realized, okay, here it is. This is what you are, David. But now check this out. And this is what's funny about this. This is not a lie. I don't bullshit. I used to bullshit all the time. I don't give a fuck who likes me. Mm -hmm. This book right here, I sat back when I was 300 pounds, so my strength was this. And you put the fat David oh, yeah. right fat there on the right cover, man, me. which oh, I yeah. totally love. Oh yeah, he's right behind love. me. That, that, yeah. that fat David's right behind me. So yeah. this, was, this was funny, I swear to God on this. I sat back and I was like, my God. I, I'm, I'm able to visualize years beyond where I'm at right now. Uh -huh. How are you gonna feel if you can pull this off? When I got the, the, the idea to become a Navy SEAL, mm -hmm. at 300 pounds, hate the water, can't run down the fucking block, horrible, and I put everything on that. My whole life was, I'm gonna be a Navy SEAL, come hell or high water. Who does that? Yeah. Uh, the hardest thing in the world, I'm gonna put on that. But I hope everyone, everyone watching this commits exactly. to something like you that. You gotta commit to it. You gotta commit. You gotta put everything on yourself, yeah. which is why I self-published. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, I'm so glad it's number three behind Michelle Obama, because yep. guess what, everybody, there you go, I self-published. Every publishing company on the planet right now is it's very pissed. Very upset. Well, <laughs> oh, well I yeah. turned down a $300,000 offer. Yeah. 
Because I was like, I'm better than that. Yeah. But anyway, back to the power of it all was you got to sit back and be able to imagine mm -hmm. where you want to be. Like, that's the power. If I can pull this off, what kind of story have I just created? Yeah. And that's what I did. I created a story. I what's, created a, a, a story. Yeah. What's the better story? Oh, I was always afraid to make phone calls. And I'm just using that. No, like, it's as, true, though. I'm afraid to practice. I'm afraid to, you know, to go and knock on doors, to try something new, right? It's that whole, you know, we've always talked fixed mindset, growth mindset, right. that stuff. But let me, let me go deep with you something. Let me say one thing yeah, real quick about, about the phone of course. calls. It's funny you talk about that. I work with a guy who's in a business like this for yeah. five years. I'm not going to mention his name. Yeah. He called me up five years ago and said, I want you to work with me. Yeah. His job... A big day for them mm -hmm. was if you had five meetings mm -hmm. and 40 calls, 40 dollars. That was like, according to their big business plan, that was a day. Yeah. He said, I want to make more money. Um, all this shit's just bugging, you know, it's, just, it's bogging me down. I said, this is your fucking day? Five meetings and 40 fucking calls? Like, and, what do, you, do you start at 10 and yeah. at 4? And, and, yeah. and, and this company you work for says that this is a great day? This is what we want? I had this guy, no shit. One day, mm -hmm. he made a thousand cold calls and had seven fucking meetings. Yeah. So his new norm, which is now the company, like how, how'd you become? He made a hundred thousand, mm -hmm. went to making six hundred thousand dollars in three years. Yeah. That's that's the jump he had, just because his mindset changed because the company put this shit. This label. This is what is a good day. A good day is forty calls. Five fucking meetings. I said, that's a fucking bullshit day because you're comparing yourself with mediocre people. Bingo. Bingo. Do not run mm -hmm. with mediocre people. I'm going to tell you how to beat these mediocre people. This is your new 300 dials and eight fucking meetings. Yeah. And his whole world changed. Now, 300, just another day. Yeah. It's a Tuesday. So it's, just, it's just the mindset change where... Don't look at something, like for instance, in Hell Week. Yeah. They said, when you get to Wednesday of Hell Week, you're broken. So everybody on Wednesday. But give them context. You're talking so, okay. 72 hours without sleep. You're talking sleep. about 130 I mean, hours of training. Yeah. It starts on Sunday, ends on Friday, and on Wednesday, you're almost done. You're halfway through. Yeah. So everybody on Wednesday, they hear this. Because everybody says Wednesday is like, man, you're so tired, you're done. Mm -hmm. So that becomes your new norm. Yeah. No. You're cruising into Wednesday That's getting right. ready to feel tired when you don't even know why. Because someone told you you could feel tired. Bingo. Bingo. So for me, I was like, hang on a second. I started studying my mind a whole bunch while growing up, mm -hmm. facing these things. Don't listen to anybody's fucking dialogue but your own. They're tired. Yeah. They're not you. Yeah. So it's just all about, it's just, your mind has a tactical advantage over you at all times. It knows your weaknesses. It knows your strengths. And it will guide you into your nice comfort zone. Yeah. We had to reprogram our mind to get a, like, like a different vantage point so then you know how to mm -hmm. be in charge of yourself yep. versus your mind being in charge of you. So there's three things that I, I observed in, in our interaction that you do well. Your self-talk, your visualization, and your physiology, the way you move your body, the way you carry yourself. Right. Right. I think so much of changing our identity for a lot of these people is flipping those three. Mm -hmm. So in the book, you talk a lot about visualization, mm -hmm. right? You talk a lot about self-talk, mm -hmm. um, but you didn't talk as much about physiology, but, right. and yet everything you do is so physical. Right. So, so shed some light on, on maybe just all three of those. So I will talk about, you know, kind of like body language. Yeah. I'll start there first. Yep. So I worked with a few pitchers. Mm -hmm. I won't name their names, big name pitchers. Mm -hmm. And I studied them. For a long time, man, I want to be better, man. I want to be better. I want to be better. So I, I got film on them. I studied them. I studied them. I'm like, okay, what is wrong? That's it. Yeah. I saw it. Whenever something bad would happen on the mound, that's the first thing they would do. Totally. The head drops. Yep. Shoulders roll forward. Yep. They, they look down. That sends a direct message yep. to your brain that I failed. Yep. I am a failure. Mm-hmm. That starts the downward spiral to being a failure. Yep. On that mound, you can't ever recover. Yeah. It's that, so I started teaching this. It's that person who, you throw a bad pitch, you get the ball back, your chin is not high, because that shows that you're way too proud. Mm -hmm. Your chin stays here. Mm -hmm. Your shoulders stay nice and level. Your feet firmly on the ground. Your hands planted like I'm ready to beat somebody's ass and I'm ready for battle. It yeah. tells your mind, wow, maybe we didn't fuck up that bad. We're still in the fight. Mm -hmm. 
So that's the one thing I always do is like, even if I fuck up, yeah. keep your body position like you're still a warrior. 100%. Like you're still fighting. If you get a hundred bad calls in yep. a row. Yep. Hello, I'm David Goggins. How are you doing today? Yep. Okay, wrong one. Don't start getting poopy pants and getting upset with yourself. No, it's a mentality. And your body language has a direct thing to your brain. Yes, it does. And how it functions. So my self-talk is like no one else's self-talk. And by the way, this was a question that probably 50 people asked. What okay. does he say to himself? So this is what I say to myself. It changes all the time. Mm -hmm. But let's say for shits and giggles, I'm training for a 100-mile race. Yeah. Let's say a 200 Just for mile. shits and giggles, I'm training for a 100-mile race. Right. Okay, good. So let's say I'm training for a 100-mile race, and I get to mile 50, Yeah. and I feel like shit. Mm -hmm. And like everybody else, my mind gets soft. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I'm human. Yeah. I'm not some damn you know, hybrid creature that was formed from the heavens above. No, not. Human. I suffer. I don't like it. I'm uncomfortable. I don't like it. Yeah. So my mind starts to get weak, and we start to forget about how badass we are. I call that the cookie jar, but it's not about the cookie jar right now. Yeah. This is about self-talk. Yeah. But, but the cookie jar kind of goes to self-talk too. It. Yeah. It's a piece of it. So basically what I do here is you have to make sure that your mind doesn't become spastic. Mm -hmm. When it's suffering, when it's in pain, all it wants to do is find the easy way out, which is usually quit. Mm -hmm. If you quit, the pain goes away immediately. Yeah. You gotta give yourself enough energy and fuel in your mind to stay just a little bit longer so you can talk yourself into staying for the whole thing. Yeah. And this is how it works. Most of us never start anything cold. If you're gonna go to college, you gotta study your ass off. If you want to run a 100-mile race, a marathon, if you want to go be Mr. Olympia, if you want to go be a scientist, a doctor. Be one of the best salespeople on the planet. You be got to work. You got to work. But this and is you got to build, you you gotta gotta build, build up to that. But what happens is, in that moment where we need self-talk, when we're failing and we're in our worst spot possible, yep. we forget the back end. Yeah. Oh, my fault. The front end. The, all the build-up to where we're at today. We forget how much work we put in. So for me, I'm at mile 50. Say that one more time. Say that one. So, so I'm in the middle of it. Right. I'm making my calls. I hate it. You're at mile 50. That's right. You hate it. Your mind's getting you know, wiggly on you. I just want to get out of here. Yeah. We forget that we put years. Yeah. Years, maybe not into making these dials, but to getting where you're at today. To become this person. To become this person. To be in a position to make this money or whatever the fuck you want to make, whatever you want to do in your life. Yeah. We forget that. We forget that journey on what it took for us to get in this moment to make the right decision. Yeah. So that's my self-talk is this. Okay, I wanna get the fuck out of here, man. I'm done. Then I remember this. You ran 2,000 miles training to be in this moment right now. Mm -hmm. We forget that. Yep. We forget the three o'clock in the morning runs or, or getting up early for work or whatever you're doing. We forget all that. In that moment of suffering, I remind myself, yeah. I only have 50 more miles. I put in six months of training. You did 67,000 67, pull-ups to do 4,030, right? right? Exactly. Like, this is no big deal. We forget all yeah. of that. Yeah. So what I do, my self-talk is basically going back down memory lane. Yeah. Of all those fucked up days, I ran the fucking rain, or I had to fucking study real late at night, and I didn't want to do it, but I did it to get here. Yeah. That's the hook. That is the hook. That's the hook. I wanted to get here. Yeah. Now you're here, and now you want to fucking quit? Yeah. So you got to be mindful, but this, but this thing about it, if you haven't put in any hard work to reflect on, you're fucked. Yeah. So there is no self. Because you got nothing to pull back it's on. It's just a lie. Nothing to say, hey, you've done this before. That's right. Or you've done something like this That's before. Right. All this, all this like people want to be all positive, all this positive talk, it doesn't work if it's a lie. Like if you didn't study for your big exam mm -hmm. and you go into it saying, I'm going to pass it. Yep. No, you're not. Yeah. You're going to fucking fail it. Yeah. That self-talk is not going to work. Self-talk without real work is just a lie. Yeah. So my self-talk is me reminiscing back on the struggle to get to this moment. Yeah. And that tells me we're not quitting today. Yeah. Not yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. I just did a video, and I don't know if you guys watched this, where a lot of us talk about like a vision board. We're gonna talk about visualization in a minute. And, and 
I used to just really poo-poo on vision boards. Like, it's kind of bullshit, right? You're throwing up this Rolex or this car or this house or this vacation. And, and what I started doing a couple years ago was showing me doing the work. Right. Here I am in the gym. Here I am making the calls. And this is the end result of the vision that I want. Right. Right? And, and that's been hugely transformational for a lot of people. Because otherwise, you are kind of making it up and you've got nothing to base it on. That's right. right? No case behind it. Um, Talk about uh, visualization, but I want to I want to ask a very specific, like a specific time in your life. Okay. You uh, you had a goal to become like the all time pull up champion of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Guinness Book of World Records. Right. And you talked in the in the book about the first time you did it and mm-hmm. the sort of situation that was going on and how it was wrong and the bar and like I mean I like I, I the, probably listened to that part like four times. The right? Today Show. The Today Show, right? Yep. And then too many people, too many selfies. Yep. Right. Like distractions, totally which a lot of people deal game. with. Then you flipped, right? And you yep. went to that killer hard gym, right? right. I forget, Mongo or whatever the guy, I forget the guy's <laughs> name. Andor. Yeah, I mean, it was like Andor. some crazy name, yeah. right? But like, it was like the right environment, but your hands like got completely destroyed, right. which you should all Google David Goggins' hands. It's also a picture in the book. And it's disgusting, but it's like, it's a rad visual. There's some great pictures in the book. But then you did it. Right. And I know like so much of your strength, and I'm going back to that, the beginning of this question, I believe so much of your genius right. is, is that. So what did you do to visualize, to get over the hurdle and to, to make that real for you? So basically you have to put yourself in the moment a million times while I'm sitting here. First of all, it takes total quietness. Mm-hmm. We live in a world that's so busy and so active and moving so fast. Right now, I am sitting with Tom Ferry. Yeah. My mind is sitting with Tom Ferry. Yeah. It's not talking to Tom Ferry while thinking about, my God, I got to order some more books. I'm sold out of here. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Yeah, yeah. That's the first thing about visualization. Yeah. You must make sure to silence out all the fucking bullshit of life, yeah. which is very hard to do. It is very hard. Because the, your, your, your visual picture must be clear as shit. It has to be clear. It can't be like kind of in and out like a, like a fuzzy TV. You got to see it has to become real. You got to take a snapshot of it a million times, put in the bank. That snapshot of me was getting that 4,021 pull-up yeah. knocked out because the record was 4,020. Yeah. I visualized that over and over and over again. I visualized what I was going to say because the guy's name was Stephen Highland. I was thinking like what you're going to say to him. I was going to say to him yep. on video when I yep. finally got his ass. Yep. So I visualized yep. success. Uh-huh. But then I went through that's the, that's the fun part. Yeah. I have to do 4,020 pull-ups to get to that 4,021 pull-up. Yeah. I know now, because it took me three chances yep. to get it. All those failures, they were great for me to examine where I was fucking up at along the way. So I take all that and I, and I put in the bank as far as visualization. Okay, when I get to 2,500 pull-ups, my hands start to rip. Okay, I get ready for that. So I started visualizing, how am I going to handle the pain? Mm-hmm. Okay, then you start visualizing, okay, my, my nutrition was off. You start visualizing all these things because yeah. you have to mimic it a million times, but I can't mimic 4,020 pull-ups no. by doing it. But you can see but all the milestones where you the, failed that's right. and see yourself going beyond it. That's right. Yeah. So that, that was my big thing about I, I had to walk in, get the chalk, see, I, I had to see everything over and over and over again. And when I realized I had to keep that visual, that picture in my head mm-hmm. for 17 hours. It took me 17 hours to break that record. Yeah. So for 17 hours, while I used to be loud everywhere I went, I put these headphones in. Yep. And I never listened to music, but I listened to one song going the distance, you know, for 17 hours. It's two minutes and 13 seconds. Yeah. For 17 hours, I had that in. That's a lot of Rocky. A lot of Rocky. And I just went here. Yeah. For, and so I was able to visualize Every rep. Yep. So I, I visualized my hand placement, making sure that felt right before I got going. Mm-hmm. I didn't ignore all the little pains. My hands got sweaty. Okay, that means I was aware of everything. That means, my, okay, my hand's about to rip. It's getting sweaty. Wipe it off. Be aware. Everything. I was totally in the moment because of how I visualized everything. That part... In the, I keep referring to the book, but in the audio, one of the things that, that we do, right, for our clients and we recommend for all entrepreneurs is 
they need to ask themselves a lot of questions about what worked and what didn't. Yes. And and you know you were so pointed in like man the lessons are in the failures. Yes. That's a mindset that most people don't have. Right. And we've talked a lot about mindset. Mindset's everything. You like just like give them insight on how do we create this I fail and it's a good thing. I miss the pitch and it's a good thing. I made the call it didn't work and it's a good thing. Okay. This is very easy. Most people who are failing are trying their fucking ass off. Yep. Most people who are failing are being criticized by people who haven't attempted what you're even trying to fail at. So what I'm failing at, so after I, I did 2,500 pull-ups my first time yep. going for the record. Yep. You know how many people were criticizing me? People who, sitting there eating chips who, on the who can't couch. can't even fucking do a pull-up. Exactly. Look at your audience uh -huh. who's criticizing you, uh -huh. first of all. Yep. They're not even in your fucking world. Yes. You, don't even talk to me. Yep. Block them out. That's the first thing. Yep. The second thing is through failure, you get all the fucking answers. You get all the lessons. All of them. Yes. They're all there. Yes. So I was able to go back through and say, okay, this happened, this happened, this was wrong, this was wrong, this was wrong. So I don't even look at failure like, I don't even call it failure. Yeah. I, I, I don't because I don't look at it like, oh my God, I failed. No, I look at, okay, like trying to invent the fucking light bulb. I'm afraid to know what, what, what's failure. I'm trying to invent a fucking light bulb. Yeah. I'm trying to break 4,020 pull-ups. Mm -hmm. That's failure? Yeah. Anything you do along that way is amazing. Yeah. That's how you gotta look at failure. Yeah. Failure. Making 20 calls when you only made two or three. That is. It's, um, it's, it's unbelievable. You gotta look at it very differently. Yeah. So for me, I have a scrap piece of paper and I'm going back through this stuff. I, I'm okay, check. I didn't make the goal. Yeah. Okay, boom, boom, boom. The next time I went, I did, I did 3,200 pull-ups. Okay, I'm still 800 shy of the record. I remember, I remember this in the book when you did it. Fucking 800 shy of the record now. So I went from 25 mm -hmm. to 3,200, yep. and I gotta get to 4,020. Yeah, 21. A, yeah, 21, that's a long way away. Uh -huh. But and your I body's did, breaking down. Breaking and, down yep. left and right. Yep. But I got that whiteboard out again, yeah. and I started writing down. Okay, what did I do wrong this time? Mm -hmm. What did I do wrong this time? You cannot look at it as failure. Even though you didn't get what you wanted, all you're doing is examining ways to become successful at this particular thing. You're trying to master something. It's not failure. Yeah. You're trying to become the master of yep. a particular thing. Yep. It's not failing. Yeah. Whenever you're trying to master something, there's a process. There's a process, and the process may take you a year. And it's not always years. winning. No. That's no. the thing that people don't get. Most of the time, you lose. That's right. But like you, like you don't embrace the loss as anything other than how am I gonna get that guy next time? That's it. I got too tired. What do I need to do to hydrate better? How can I stretch more? Like Because that person, let's say your son, for instance, yeah. tennis player. Yep. If your son has the right attitude and he keeps on coming back with the right attitude, yep. no one wants to play that. No one wants to fight uh -huh. a person that just keeps coming after you. Yeah. Every time you knock them down, mm -hmm. they don't look at it yep. as being knocked down. They have a whole different way of looking at that shit. Mm -hmm. That's a scary person. I agree. You don't want to fight that person. So that's how I looked at my pull-up records, and mm -hmm. I failed everything at least three to four times. Yeah. My whole life, I never passed anything once, ever in my life, have I gone through and been the first time at anything, ever. But that's what gave me that book. I mean, say that's what gave me a story. The Army Ranger story. All right, uh, dude. What else do you do? So I'm a wildland firefighter, four months out of the year. I'm always about starting from scratch, man. You, yeah. you, you always have to go back to the roots of what made you great. Yep. And what made me great was straight up bone breaking, back breaking hard work. Yeah. That's where that self-discipline comes from. So no matter how far away you get, yep. no matter how much money you, you know, you know yeah. no matter how famous you get, go yep. back to the roots. Always. So that's why I do that. It's a, it's a great foundation. And, but basically, it's these guys and gals who are getting after it all the time with these big ass fires out here. And the work Sometimes it, you know, it trumps what I did in the SEAL teams. Yeah. It's some hard back-breaking work, man. Digging lines digging, for, oh, days, for days, right? I mean, I remember that part of the book. Yeah. I was just like. And you're looking at digging line, you're looking at a, a, an 18-inch yep. for three miles. Yeah. Trying to stop. Trying to start a fire, yeah. yeah. So it's like 12 of us doing it. Yeah. It's rough. All right, rapid-fire questions. So right. literally like 30 people asked this question, but I'll give the shout-out to Jeff Mays, who said, man, what's your morning routine? Every morning, without fail, the first thing I do is I run. Without fail. I haven't missed a day of running since 2016. Okay. So I get up, I do that. 
Four days out of the week, I go to the gym, and every single night for five and a half years, I stretch out for at least two hours. That was a killer part of the book. Every fucking night. Having, yeah. that, that is, that's where I, so when you go so hard, mm-hmm. mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you have to have time set aside to quiet mm-hmm. and recover. Recovery's big, the mind, especially the mind and the body. Yep. This is my time, there's no phone calls, there's no emails, the world does not exist. Because yep. I have to get ready for tomorrow. Yep. Get the body opened up, why? Because as, I, I won't get you know, too you deep, went deep into You it. went deep, in, went the deep it was, in the book, it was awesome. But your body's getting tight. Yeah. You go hard, Tom. Yeah. A lot of people go hard. What mm-hmm. happens is that stress, yep. Starts to tighten up that psoas muscle. Hip flexors, psoas, so lower bad. back. You got yep. back problems all of a sudden. You have no idea That's why. Right. It's all tightness. It's all tightness, yeah. man, because you're, yeah. you're constantly charged and going hard. What was the name of the guy that so he, he came and trained a bunch of the SEALs? Joe Hip. Joe, so they should, they should Google Joe, Joe Hip. Hip. All right. Yep. So here's the next one. You ready? Uh, Amy Johnson asked, uh, did you cast out negative people in your life or just use it as fuel to do even better? And do you still have relationships with energy-sucking vampires? There's no relationship with, so energy people that suck the life out of me, yeah. you're gone. That's a total Tom Ferry, like energy sucking vampires, right. avoid those people, right? You're gone, but this is yeah. the thing about though. Yeah. You can't use it for fuel either. Yeah. You have to get that fucking hate. You can't move forward yeah. with hate. Yeah. You can't. I tried to do it. Yeah. I used to have energy and all that stuff, but what happens is when you're in a horrible situation in life, that hate and anger, yeah. for some reason you can't remember it because that place you're at is so disgusting you forget about them. Yeah. So you might just let go of the shit anyway. Yeah. Okay, fun question from, uh, from Mar- uh, Mary Ellen Roy who says, uh, what do you say to those of us that just love pizza and beer? Merry Christmas. <laughs> Fucking enjoy your life, man. This isn't about, if yeah. you do not want to get better, yeah. if you are happy where you're at, yeah. I am not here to force feed you, go be David Goggins. No. That was the whole thing in the book. You're like, I'm not the hero. You're, You're the, the hero. hero. That, that was a that's killer why I had part of the read book. It. Yeah. And that's why I, yep. I did like the little narrating part because if I read it, it's me being me. It's about David Goggins. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. you are the fucking hero here, man. If, if, if this book makes you think about something that you want to change, change it. If you're happy eating pizza, beer, do whatever. Go to town. Go to town, man. Yeah. 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 If that's your happy spot, don't ever take it away. But you know I could go right to chapter 11 and talk about that, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna save the chapter 11 part. Right. That's my last part. How do you pick the next challenge? The next challenge is usually the toughest thing out there. The thing I yeah. don't wanna do the most. Yeah. So my challenges come off of, what am I afraid of? Yeah. What am I kinda cowering from? What, what am I looking at saying, mm-mm. Yeah. Cause we all know what it is. It's in the back of your mind. It kind of floats back there. It's like, you know, for some of us, it's as simple as that. I don't want to get up and run today. Yeah. That's what's next. Yeah. So for me, it's always, what am I not wanting to do? Yeah. And that's how I continue to grow. It, you know, when we first met uh, two years ago at the summit, there was something you said in an interview that just, it so resonated with me. And I told you that like, I started like this, like 100 push-ups a day, then I was going to 200 push-ups a day, and it was because I hated push-ups. Yep. And I'm like, what would Goggins do, man? Like, he would say, man, do like 500 push-ups a day. That's right. And we ended up having several thousand people at that conference doing push-ups every That's night. That's awesome. And then they saw you speak, they're like, okay, now we get it, right? right? Let's wrap with this. In chapter 11, which I, that's the last chapter, right? Right, last chapter. And, and Adam does a wonderful job, uh, you know, sort of narrating and telling the story. But, but then you broke into this piece that I just, like I had such an even deeper appreciation for you, mm-hmm. where you're like, look man, like this visualization about like one day when we all die, <laughs> right? So would you mind, I mean, I know yes. it's totally in the no, book. No, it's fine. But I think it's a great way to, so to wrap this. So let's say this, man. So I don't care what you believe in. I'm not judging you. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe in God. Yeah. I don't care if you're eighth, I don't give a damn what you yep. are. But for this scenario, yes. let's say that you're God. Yeah. Let's say that you guys, you know, for those of you who read my book, get the audio book or the hardcover, whatever, I used to weigh 300 pounds. Yeah, yeah. I was 175 in high school with 300 pounds. Yeah. Let's say that I didn't improve myself at all. I die at 75 years old, I'm 300 pounds, I worked for Ecolab my entire life, making $1,000 a month, that's what I made. Yeah. And I go to heaven, and you're God. And you have a big long line of people 
and I'm standing in line, I'm coming up, I'm next. So you have Mary Ann. And Mary Ann, you're talking to her, you're judging her. And I'm like, what, what, what the hell does God have in his hand? What, yeah. What's that paper? Yeah. And so God tears it away and throws it in the trash can and Mary Ann goes walking away. Yeah. Now, you have a piece of paper in your hand and I'm next. And God says, sit down, David. David Goggins. That's right. David Goggins on top of the paper. And I say, and God gives me the paper. Mm -hmm. And I look at it. When I'm reading this paper and on the paper, I'm seeing all these amazing things. You were a 185 pound athlete. You ran all these crazy races. You broke records. You were a Navy SEAL. You were the only person to do this, do that, do everything. You had a, a, a best-selling book, man. You changed millions of lives. And I look at God, who is you right now, and I say, um, this says David Goggins up here, which is my name, God, but this isn't me. I'm like, like, you know, I think you gave me the wrong, the wrong paper. And God says, no, because God knows all, God sees all. And God looks at me and says, this is what you should have been. That this was, is, this is so what you should have been. Book. Yeah. This is what you should have been. Yeah. You should have been this. We all have a choice in the world. Yeah. God or whatever you believe in knows what you're supposed to be, knows what's inside of you. Yeah. But most of us take the choice that makes us feel good. Yeah. We're not willing to break through those barriers mm -hmm. to find. Cause so, so my whole mindset was this. That's how I visualize. I visualize that one day I will be judged by something much more powerful than me. Yeah. And my whole thing is, while I'm living on earth, God knows everything about David Goggins. Mm -hmm. Even God, I want God to be up there with a pen, get another piece of paper saying, He did what? I didn't even know he'd do that. I didn't know he'd do this. I know. So I yeah. want God to be impressed with how I turn out. Yeah. Which means I want to check off every single box of all the possibilities of what I'm supposed to be in life. Yeah. Leave nothing to question in my life. How many times have you guys heard me say it's you versus you? There's no competition, man. It's just you. Keeping it simple, keeping it real. My man, man. Hey. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate hey, guys, it. share this and uh, get that book. Get that book. Follow him at David Goggins on Instagram too. Totally bananas. Hey, so there you have it. Thanks for listening to this. Hopefully you'll share it with someone that uh, that you love and you appreciate. Uh, maybe somebody that just needs to be more inspired and and really get to a place of more discipline to create the kind of freedom that they'd really want or just just to remove the doubt, the worry, the fear, the negativism. I can't even say that word right, but you know what I mean. Uh, that's good that that word doesn't really exist for me. But anyway, I just wanna say thank you, leave some comments, share this message, and look, at the end of the day, you now know that you've got 60% more in you every single day in every area of your life to give. And my friend, give it and be on the lookout for next week. If your business has ever been up, down, up, down, you felt rich, poor, rich, poor, you're really gonna appreciate next week's show. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com podcast. That's tomferry.com podcast. Thanks again, and talk to you soon.